welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco Productions Podcast Writer's Block Party. We are hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all-too-mysticized process of creating and developing art. I am Amelia Annan. And I am Thea Thronson. And today, we have the wonderful Brandon Cayetano. Brandon is a Minneapolis-based actor, writer, and graduate from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, where he graduated with a BA in Theater Arts and a BS in Economics. He's also a current member of Invisible Disco's writing group. Since graduating, he completed a year-long performance apprenticeship with the Commonweal Theater and worked with many professional acting companies in the Twin Cities. Though he has been acting since high school, he is very new to the writing game, having truly started during the pandemic. When not at the theater, he can be seen cooking an intricate meal and devouring it immediately after, watching the latest Oscar Beatty film release or Netflix hit, or jamming out to his favorite show tunes in the car. Brandon! Hello! Hello. Hello. That was a great bio. Thank that you. Was a great what's bio. your fa- what's your favorite show tune to jam out to? Oh well? gosh, um, anything like <laughs> super tenory. <laughs> yep. Okay. Because I like, wouldn't like... dare do it in an audition, but in my car, sure. Oh hell yeah! There's no better place. Like like what? Uh, waving through windows, like yes. on my peak. I would never do that in a in like an audition room, but in a car yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> Michael in the bathroom. That's a fun one. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. All that tenery goodness. Delicious. Yeah, so you brought in a piece for us today called I Raptured. Did. I did. That's huge. Lovely. I'm really excited to read it. So excited. Oh. Do you want to give any context or should we just jump right in? Um, make them confused. I'll make them <laughs> confused, but I will say it's <clears throat> mockumentary style. So that's what all okay. the talking heads and all the character age and descriptions will be like so yeah delicious theo you're reading stage directions brandon's uh, reading stage directions oh he's reading okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm doing reading. stage directions and the interviewer and i'm doing everybody um, else yeah sick and i'm amos okay yes. let's let's begin raptured interior a classroom morning we see a younger well-groomed gentleman in front of a chalkboard amos He's wearing an all-blue suit and seems to be put together. We don't see who he's talking to, but he's very intense. Transformation, spirituality, enlightenment. These are virtues that we must live by if you want any chance of being raptured up to paradise when the apocalypse commences. You will eat and breathe those these virtues. You will live by the, wor- the word of our great... Obadiah, and you will do nothing else. Now, when the end comes, there will be two kinds of people. First, there will be Helio's true followers, who shall ascend to the promised land. Second, there will be sinful heathens, who will be left on this planet to rot in their own feces. There will be earthquakes that will pulverize their schools to dust, fires that will melt the flesh and skin off their skeletons, demons that will rip their them limb to limb. And as that happens, the true followers will be with Hilo, laughing and enjoying paradise. Now, who do you want to be in this situation? The people suffering through the apocalypse or those who follow Hilo? Reveal. Amos has given this whole speech in front of a bunch of children no older than age 10 or 12. They all are in blue school uniforms and are unfazed by what he says. This is normal. A young boy, Christopher, seems excited and eager. He raises his hand. I want to be up with Helio. Good choice, Christopher. One gold lamb for you. We see all the kids' names written on the chalkboard, and Amos puts a golden paper cutout of a lamb next to Christopher's name. That is the classroom's reward system. Cut in. 
out-of-focus footage of an interview with Amos. He is incredibly excited to be doing this interview. He's tapping the microphone on his shirt to check if it's working. Is this thing on? It's on. Glorious day. You know, I actually took some filmmaking classes in my day, so I know my way around a camera. Cool. So, want to start with your name? Amos Talking Head. Amos, 25, cult teacher. Hello, my name is Amos, and I'm the community teacher. I am in charge of the future of the of Guyanite culture, our adorable little kiddos. I mean, as future, um, as much future as we have left. What does that mean? What's that? What do you mean by that? Oh, the, the world is ending. Soon. Anyway. Right. B-roll. Footage of Guyanites at various community locations. In the temple, at grocery stores, screaming at people on the corner of the street. So, Guyanism is a newer religion, but it's also the one true religion. We don't believe we know there is a god named Helio, and he's watching us all. And as long as we do this, as long as we do his bidding, such as spreading his word and condemning everyone who either won't listen to us or is different from us, we will be raptured up to paradise when the apocalypse comes. Simple. B-roll, footage of Amos teaching various classes like meditation, sacrificial livestock, and rapturing. This branch of the temple is used as a school for the young ones. What we're doing is preparing these younglings for the uh, the Guyanite Ascension. We have many classes, meditation, sacrificial livestock, rapturing. Amos Talking Head. You'd be surprised at, um, at all the wrong ways you can get stuck sucked up into the sky. Oh, there's also gym class, but not gym you'd think of. B-roll, kids in a gym class chasing around a teacher in a lamb costume while holding toy knives. It ends with a random kid tackling the teacher from seemingly out of nowhere. It's mainly the students with toy knives chasing around the teacher in a lamb costume, you know, to help with their stamina for when they are chasing a real lamb in adulthood. B-roll, footage of Amos in front of a class teaching. All the children are so bright, I'm happy to have almost all of them. Almost. Christopher Talking Head. Christopher, 10, cult student. Well, my favorite class is Kool-Aid making, but we're not allowed to drink any of it yet. But that's okay, because we put weird things in it. Also, Amos is my favorite teacher. Amos Talking Head. He said that? Christopher is wonderful. <clears throat> my top students, I can see him growing up to be a potential elder, as long as he continues to never question what we do. That's a trait of a true leader. Sarah Talking Head. Sarah, 11, cult student. Mr. Amos is a great teacher, but I've just had so many good ones to single him out as my favorite. Amos talking head. Bitch. Back to scene. A young boy knocks at the door. Jeb. He is nervous and hesitant of the whole place and isn't wearing any blue. This is his first day in the cult. Oh, glorious greetings, little one. You must be our new community member, Jebediah. Jeb nods his head slowly. Well, my name is Elder Amos. Everyone say hello. Glorious, glorious greetings. greetings. Jeb talking head. Jeb, 12, new cult student. Hi, I'm Jeb. I'm 12 years old, and I came here because on a school trip, we saw this guy yelling on the corner of the street. B-roll, a cult member on the corner of the street with a sign reading, The End Is Nigh. People are throwing stuff at him, but Jeb is listening. He was saying some really scary things about the world ending, and he said that I should join his community. Jeb talking head. I tried to get some of my school friends to go with me, but their parents said no. I got to go, though, because my parents don't really care about me. Amos talking head. Oh, yeah, the best recruit is someone who's super alone because it makes them super impressionable. But if you're not recruited in our cult, you're born into it. B-roll, Christopher with his parents, a typical guy night gathering with his parents and extended family. 
Christopher is a prime example. He comes from a big Guyanite household, and I mean big, even my guy, even by Guyanite standards. In fact, his cousin married my sister. B-roll, the Guyanite wedding of Christopher's cousin and Amos's sister. They can be seen in the back. It was a beautiful ceremony. This community is so small, and we're all either, we all either know each other, or we're related, or both. <laughs> Usually, we're related, though. It's hard to not marry someone that's even a little related to you, but <laughs> here, it doesn't matter. Amos talking head. We're basically all one big, happy family at the end of the day. Back to scene. We're very happy you can join us, but not as happy as Helio will ha uh, be to have a fresh new follower. Looks like someone forgot their blue clothing. Here. Amos goes behind his desk to a basket full of blue clothing. He picks out an overly bl big blue sweater and tosses it to Jeb. Why don't you wear this until we get you some new blue outfits? Jeb looks concernedly at the camera. Now come and join us. We have an empty seat up here, right next to Christopher. Jeb slowly goes over to the seat next to Christopher. All the other kids are staring at him, having not seen an outsider before. But Christopher is more welcoming. He has a smile on his face and waves to Jeb as he joins him. Amos notices all the kids are staring weirdly at Jeb. Now, class, I know Jeb is a little late to the game, but there's nothing to be ashamed of. I joined the community at an even later age. I joined when I was 20 years old, and I turned out okay, right? You came on an exciting weekend. We have some people filming our class today in order for it to use it better spread the word of Obadiah. Do, do you know anything about uh, Kiro Obadiah? Jeb shakes his head. Does anyone want to tell Jeb about our glorious leader? I will. Yes, Sarah. Obadiah is the founder of Guyanism and our great leader. Correct, but there's more to it. You're on the right path. What else is he? He's also a modern day... Prophet? Yes, he's a modern-day prophet that will lead us to ascension. Excellent, Sarah. One gold lamb for you. Amos puts a golden lamb next to Sarah's name on the chalkboard. Amos talking head. Our history is a rich and spiritual one. It began in the religious ages. Uh, it began in the religious ages of 1953. A man named Chester Wellington was coming home from church one day, feeling unfulfilled. B-roll: Old-style drawings of the events of Obadiah's modern-day prophet story. One day, on the way home from church, he got in a car crash. He should have died, but instead Helio saved him. When he asked why he was saved, Helio told him that he was was to spread his message. Amos talking head. And so he did. Helio had Chester inherit a new name, Obadiah, and that's how Guyanites were born. Since the encounter, Obadiah has been working to spread the true message. But here's the thing. B-roll, photos of Susanna and Obadiah. Speaking with Helio is such a divine power that in order to keep that power, Obadiah must maintain a vow of silence. No earthly mortal, no earthly mortal is to ever hear his voice again. So for him to communicate with us, he has Grand Elder Susanna speak for him. Cut in. Out of focus shot of Obadiah and Susanna. It comes into focus as a crew member is trying to put a microphone on Obadiah and Susanna slaps him away. Do not invade the space of Kyrie or Obadiah. We need to mic him up. He doesn't speak. What do you need to mic him for? Obadiah and Susanna talking heads. Obadiah, really old, cult leader. <laughs> Susanna, 35, cult leader's assistant. My name is Grand Elder Susanna, and I am the spokeswoman for the great leader Kirio Obadiah. B-roll, footage of Obadiah in a prayer state and Susanna giving speeches to crowds of people in blue. I joined the community when I was 11 years old, the same age as some of the younglings in our classes right now. I'm so glad you're making this. There are so many misconceptions about our community. I'm hoping the world will see that we are human, too. 
We just happen to be humans who have reached their peak spiritual selves. I mean, people are calling us a cult. Can you believe that? Does this look like a cult to you? That wasn't hypothetical. End of scene. Yes! I love it. Thanks for reading that. I love it. Of course. Thanks for bringing it in. Yeah. So fun. So where did this, like, come from? I'm so curious. So... Um, this particular piece, uh, is inspired by those, like, people that you see when you're walking to, like, work or something, and they're just screaming, like, the end is near, the apocalypse is coming, because where I went to school, there were, like, a lot of them, and I mean, like, a lot, and I went to, like, a liberal arts college, so there are all these college students that were like, hey, bro, what about this, or what about this, and they're just, like, using like stupid arguments and one day i was just like yeah and one day i was just like you know i want to know what would happen if they were right like if they're like just talking like the end is near and we're all just like giving them shit and then all of a sudden they're like oh the rapture is happening (laughs) would you look at that (laughs) exactly so that's That's right that's where that particular one came from so yeah hell yeah i love 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 because we me and amelia have uh read this before in our writers group um Mm -hmm. but it wasn't mockumentary style then um no amelia you're actually the one that gave me that note and yes i I was thinking about that i was like i actually think i was I, (laughs) i suggested that yeah, and the second you did, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. Of course no. it's a mockumentary. No, so I, I, I'm obsessed with mockumentary. <laughs> like, I love all those movies. So I think, like, I don't know, there's something so, like, genuine about mockumentaries. Oh, for sure. And, like, it's so become so popular now, too. Everyone's, like, seeing mm-hmm. some form of it, like The Office or yeah. Parks and Rec or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's was a great note and yeah prior to this it was not mockumentary style whatsoever i love I think it, it i think it really i mean not to like to my own horn but i do think it really works <laughs> yeah as oh a yeah i think so. not to tune my own horn as <laughs> but i also think it works but i also think it works so i'm glad so yeah it reads super hilariously thank um, you like especially with you reading across the page like b-roll and then the exact thing that they're showing being talked spoken about like that's such Mm -hmm. a classic mockumentary um Mm -hmm. like trope that's just so funny to me every time it happens and hearing it read aloud is even funnier um yeah i love that i was actually i didn't know where to start with this because you brought up mockumentary and I don't have, like, a lot of experience writing either. So I, like, never taken screenwriting or playwriting classes. So I'm like, how do you even, like, write that? So I, like, Googled how do you write uh, mockumentary. Yeah. And I found the Parks and Rec pilot episode. So, like, a lot of that. I was like, oh, that's how they show this or that's how they show that. Genius. Yeah. So, I Internet tried... is a great place to learn. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, for sure. That's where the I Internet get most friend. of it. That's where I get most of my stuff. <laughs> I, like, exactly. read yeah. uh, different screenplays, and that's how I kind of learn. I tried to find the pop star Never Stop awesome. Stopping script, but 
that wasn't um, an incredible film. Oh my gosh, and cinema. it's a mockumentary. And it's a mockumentary. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> I love mockumentaries. Yeah. Yeah, it and it was it was very effective. So just well well done. Um, Thank you. With with converting it. Um I know so I guess was the process that brought you to this version of this script a similar process to other things you've written? I know you're very, very self-proclaimed new to writing, but you've written a couple of other things. Um, Yeah. So with this one, I was, yeah, I was inspired by like those crazy people that you see walking by and that's kind of like where the idea like started, but it's not where I took it because what I did was, I started the script in its original form as focusing on like a grown-up cult member and trying to figure out like an opening scene. Right. And mm-hmm. the opening scene involved like the cult member being like swept into the cult at a super young age. And then as we were reading it out loud, I'm like, actually there's something really interesting about just these kids in the cult I wonder and then I played with that more and I'm thinking like huh kids in a cult interesting concept it's a fun <laughs> perspective to write from exactly yeah I was gonna say I loved um in this in this version the the focus on on the kids and I in, in an extended version I would be so interested to just watch watch the kids like interact mm-hmm. with each other and with the adults because that's such a like juicy little little plot you got going on there and it's mm-hmm. like they have to exist right like I'm sure a lot of the people who are screaming all this nonsense comes have home to families. like families yeah and have kids and like just feeding them all this nonsense and I'm like Absolutely. I wonder what it's like right so and it's such a it's such a lovely allegory for like uh just kids being such sound like um sounding board is not the word i'm looking for like sponges like they abs- yeah sponges yeah. They, absorb. they absorb yeah exactly like yeah. like and and it doesn't matter what what like ideology or set of beliefs you're preaching like your kids are going to kind of soak that up a little bit um yeah. a lot so that's like a lovely um really accessible metaphor if ever like it became about something else and you wanted to make it more of a critique of something like this is a a beautiful Mm -hmm. place to start with something like that but it's also just like a really funny mockumentary um yeah cool so what are some of the screenplays that you've read to sort of teach yourself the format so i started with the most recent so right before the pandemic was last year's Oscars, which mm-hmm. is like, I think that was my favorite years and one mm-hmm. of my favorite years in Oscar history because it had a bunch of my favorites. So Parasite, um, Jojo Rabbit, yeah. um, Marriage Story. And like, because they were all um, Oscar nominees, they like posted them online. Right. So like mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the pandemic, I would like, put on like marriage story and follow along with oh, the screenplay yeah 
Because, like I said, I have never taken, like, any classes. And yeah. I've written, like, plays before, but with screenplays, mm-hmm. it's kind of different just because you also have to, like, think of the shots as well. and Exactly. Like, yeah. So I was just, like, learning and, like, watching it um, as reading it as I was watching it so I did Joker I I focused a lot on like last year's Oscar nominees because I loved all those movies Little Women Little Women was an awesome screenplay because uh spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't read the book or like movie or ever (laughs) if you somehow managed to escape by without if you you somehow managed to (laughs) escape Little Women (laughs) open a book but <laughs> um, that's our official statement read, read a book <laughs> but if you watch the newest iteration with like Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh they do a lot of jumping from timelines and yeah. what the screenwriter did was in the present timeline she wrote in black and then in the past she wrote in red to distinguish it and I was like oh my gosh that's so smart because they did a similar thing in the movie where it was like a brighter tone for the past yeah Yeah. the color scheme changes i was like oh my gosh that's so smart go greta go Go greta Greta gerwig just Mm -hmm. such a genius screenwriter and should have been nominated for best director but that's a whole other thing (laughs) that's misogyny um (laughs) yep it's not like there's that much of that in this industry though so you know it was a flunk it's fine <laughs> that's so smart though to because one thing that i struggle with i've never taken a screenwriting class either um i struggle with thinking about how things will translate from the page to the screen because mm-hmm. in a play it's kind of like you're just taking all of it yep at face value so like, that's a little bit easier for me to conceptualize, but that is a very um, smart idea that I am going to uh, take as advice borrow. and do. <laughs> and borrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Plus, I just wasted a lot of my pandemic watching movies anyway, so might as well learn waste, something. Baby. And that's fine. That's our business. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair point. That's awesome. So, um, as far as... Uh, like this revising process for Raptured has been pretty involved. Like from 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 even just the last draft to this draft has mm-hmm. been um, like a change of of genre almost. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, or if you've done like what your other editing processes have looked like in comparison, or? Well, I feel like I'm a very slow writer because I just keep like. What I'll do is I'll write, like, a few pages, and then I'll go back and then edit that. So, like, I don't do... I don't do where I keep writing and then edit it as a whole. Which, honestly, I should do because it'd be (laughs) a lot faster. Because, like, I just go at such a turtle pace because I'm like, I'll go four pages, and then I'll go back and, like, re-edit, re-edit, re-edit maybe go an extra couple pages and then I'll go back like huh. four pages and like even without hearing it aloud yeah with well especially mm. like in today's day and age like I don't really have that much access to like hearing it Beautiful. out loud other than yeah. me which is 
shout out to your writing group, which is why I'm glad, like, we have that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, even before reading it aloud, because I, I don't know, when I wrote this, I just have, like, everyone so, like, fleshed out in my head so I can, like, picture. Mm. Gotcha. Interesting. That's awesome. So in its full form, it would be, like, a feature film, right? That would be the hope. I'd love to have this as a whole feature film. That's so. so cool. So where does this fall in the um, in the film? This is a very beginning. Very, okay. very beginning. Yeah, it feels like a very it beginning. It feels like a mm-hmm. beginning, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, just and... getting to know all the characters and, like, and, like, especially with this show, I, or play, uh, ah, movie. <laughs> <Is it> movie? <laughs> <laughs> something. This, it's something. This something. <laughs> this piece. Um, I was really struggling because I was, like, trying to come up with all the rules of this cult. Because I'm like, I'm not part yeah. of the cult. What do you even right. do? And I also wanted to make it, like, I have to have exposition. Otherwise, people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. But at the t- same time, just, like, mm-hmm. leaning on that, it's a hard balancing piece. So I think the mockumentary yeah. style really, really helped with this opener. Yeah, um, absolutely. You should have you watched the Leah Remini Scientology documentary? I have. So there are two things I watched um to kind of like learn about not that I'm gonna call Scientologists a cult. No, it's but... a cult. It's okay. a cult. <laughs> it is. I'll call I'm gonna call it, it a cult. That's yeah. Tom Cruise, <laughs> if you ever listen to this, I sorry. Tom Cruise, when you're on our episode next week, um Yeah, we'll please apologize. don't be offended. But I watched two shows in order to study cults. It first was mm-hmm. Wild Wild Country and the okay. second was Scientology show. Yeah. You so. should also watch Waco. It's on Netflix. It's about like uh the uh, Branch Davidians. Ooh. In Waco, Texas. I will It's give like that a narrative. Listen. It's not a documentary, but it's a true story. Okay. I'll add that to the list because yeah. I was watching a lot of It's um wild. Uh <laughs> It's very sad. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> it doesn't end well for them. Surprise. As you, as you may know. Oh, no. As you may know, it does not end well. Spoiler uh, alert. First Little Women, now Waco. God. Yeah, yeah. We're just ruining the films. Ruining everything in this podcast. Yeah, sorry about it. Sorry. Spoiler heavy. Spoiler heavy. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, I like to do a lot of research for, like, this yeah. kind of thing. So, like how to study cults things like that and like one of my mm-hmm. youtube people that i watch like just came out with a jehovah's witness video and that was oh, a vi- interesting that was such an interesting one so i was like googling all that stuff and maybe a little cray cray sorry <laughs> honestly all the religions are a little cray cray um like, religion in general hot takes all around (laughs) you can quote me on that (laughs) oh all of them for sure because i grew up catholic and like if you like break down any religion they all just sound crazy Mm -hmm. like you eat the blood of jesus and i'm like yeah every (laughs) sunday yes every sunday baby every sunday it tastes a lot like crackers and wine (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh. I hope yeah. my priest so doesn't like listen some... to this. <laughs> yeah, I know, God. Literally, Yikes. God. We're gonna get a lot of cease and desist letters <laughs> after this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, 
so so you mentioned like some some things that are inspiring you to write this one specifically but like in general who are some writers that you like really look up to and like pull from steal from so a lot of the writers i'm interested in are people who've like created their own stuff and will also star in it because i Mm -hmm. was an actor first and that's how like i came into theater and writing like i don't think i'd be a writer if i wasn't an actor first so like yeah. I love a million actors and just seeing and seeing what they can do on screen or on stage and then like hearing like oh they also wrote that like those are yeah. like really inspiring people to me so like Rachel Bloom for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend oh, yes love that you see that um, you represent uh, Dan Levy for Shit's Creek yes. of course yes um, yes yes Bill Hader Barry yeah which uh, that's he's like one of the actors i aspire to be like because he's so funny but barry's incredible and barry's just incredible and it really showcases bill Hader as such an amazing amazing writer and actor exactly and i'm like bill Hader, i want to be you one day (laughs) i know i love watching bill Hader interviews his laugh yes, is so darling. Infectious. I know. And it is so like, cute. You are so precious. I would love to meet you. And it's so cute because the people he often interviews with, like, he obviously, honest, uh, often interviews with, like, also John Mulaney yes. and also Fred. Yes. And he's like, They crack laugh. him up. They crack <laughs> him up so much. He thinks his friends are the funniest people <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, and it's so, so cute. I love that whole friend group. Like, John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, Bill Hayden. Literally. Yes. Like, I would so love funny. to meet one, if not all of that. Group. All three of them at once, just exactly. That'd be crazy. So, full so I'd eat that up. Yeah. So <laughs> people who like create and like will act in their stuff. Taika Waititi's another oh, big yes. one. I love I, his stuff. He. I'm probably just gonna say it. He's probably my favorite film maker jojo right rabbit now. oh my people God. have a lot a lot of thoughts on it i don't know i watched it i loved it i yeah. thought it was great well that's actually part of the inspiration for this because like yeah. you're watching all these kids as nazis yeah and they're just so impressionable and they believe all the stuff like oh jews smell like brussels sprouts or you can feel their horn on their head and like the kids do such a good job of portraying the like how ridiculous it is, but they genuinely believe that. Right. So, like, that's... Yeah, they did. So like, that's, it's like, already a... hard enough to be a child. <laughs> like, yeah, there's so it's... much that's so confusing mm-hmm. for yeah. so long. And you, I feel like you forget the older you get, like, mm-hmm. how confusing and hard everything is. It was to like, be young. a small child, yes. And oh, so any sure. sort of, like, concrete, this is how this is... You latch on. You just do. You're like, sure. You're like, yes, of course. Adult who I trust. I'm a child psychologist is what I'm trying to say. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Thea Thronson MD. <laughs> but yeah, it's such a, that's why this the script is like such a brilliant use of that. Because it's like, well, this is how cults continue. I mean, yeah. obviously, like you also touch on like people who are really alone. Yes, that is one one avenue mm-hmm. but also like this is how things persist and this is how like flawed ide- mm-hmm. ideologies persist is people mm-hmm. growing up in the life thinking it's true and then not having any sort of way to escape it oh, not to get sure. too serious but <laughs> it's for brilliant sure. yeah. yeah so and i think a lot can it. be achieved through comedy 
Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I think one of the brilliant things about Jojo Rabbit is it takes something that's very, very serious and, like, uses comedy to be, like... Mm-hmm. Shows the humanity let's of the people. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. Take away GT sub. Let's talk about it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and we were like, yes, of course. <laughs> I will listen. <laughs> I yeah. saw Jojo Rabbit in a theater. It was one of those ones on Union Square that is, like, a full theater and then also went upstairs. Yep. Ooh. There was five people in the entire theater. It's such it a was, good movie. <laughs> I, it was me and my friend. Yeah, it's an incredible movie. It was ridiculous. It was me and my friend, and then two other people who we n- knew, and then, like, one other couple. When? And we were like, why is there four people here? <laughs> like, what the hell? Well, I used to work at a movie theater prior to the pandemic. It was, like, a restaurant slash movie theater, so I got Ooh, that's so tickets fun. for free, and I got discounted food. And when JoJo came out, that was the movie I would always bring my friends and family to see. I'm like, yeah. this is the one. This is the one you guys got to see. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and, like, I was shocked because I loved it genuinely. I thought it was one one of the best movies of the year. I think it's and, really great. Like, yeah, but my friends were all hit or miss with it. It's divisive, yeah, for sure. And I didn't yeah. realize how divisive it was. I'm like... Wait. I don't... <laughs> yeah. I actually personally don't get, like, the divisiveness because, like, it's so, um, like, it's very self-aware. It knows all the, like, controversial things it's, like, saying. Like, we know yeah. Hitler was a bad guy. Taika Waititi is Jewish. Literally. This <laughs> like, is, he's yeah, very so aware. He's like, that's what I'm doing, yeah. guys. <laughs> Everything like, you're bucking against, I think, you're yeah, I think, like, what it comes down to is a little bit of, like, what people feel comfortable using comedy to talk about. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Like, some people think, like, using comedy to talk about that is, like, kind of disrespectful or making light of, like, the people who died because of that. But I also feel like Taika Waititi isn't, like, he isn't doing that. Right. I don't feel like he is. it's not to levity for the situation. No. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like. It's a, it's a, it's like a, um, what's that? It's like a, it's a trick. He's using it as a trick to let. Like, pull you in and then being, like... Reverse psychology you. And yeah. Reverse like, psychologying oh, you to being, like, this is actually quite serious. And I Wait guess that's true. I never thought of people, like, thinking it was making fun of it, so I haven't thought of that, but... Yeah, I which, never... which I, d- I truly don't believe it yeah. is, and Taika Waititi obviously is not doing that, because he right, himself cause is Right, because he's Jewish. also a genius, oh. so... He's he also, also brilliant. He also makes fun of Asgardians in Thor 3, so people yeah. aren't getting at him for that, yeah. so I don't get so it. So I don't know what y'all's yeah. priorities I, I don't, have are you, here. Have you watched the original What you do in the sh- What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, I love uh, that. And that's that, documentary. I remember, <laughs> I watched that movie, like, I was, like, maybe in high school, like, early high school, and I just remember being like, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. This is the funniest movie. I, I just remember being like, this is hilarious. This yeah. is the funniest it's movie I've so ever seen. It's so good. I'm just sad it's not on any, like, streaming services, because my friend had it on DVD, and I love it, but I don't pay for a lot of movies. That's because... so rude. So, um, he also did In Search of the Wilder People, or In Hunt. I need for to the, watch in that. Hunt for the, it's either Hunt, hunt or Hunt for Search. the Wilder People? I think it's Wilder... Hunt for the Wilder People. Wilder people's in it. That's for sure. <laughs> if you Google that, that word it'll probably is definitely come up. in it. <laughs> for sure. And it has the kid from Deadpool too, so. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Taika's a great guy. Great guy. Taika what did he do? Super fan. He does a really good TED talk about like he like he was like a visual artist first. You yes. should watch it. That's yes. my recommendation. I didn't know that he did a, a TED talk. 
I for sure need to watch that. Definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. So, tis the question of the episode. We ask everyone this. What do you do when you get writer's block? Cry. Yes. Step one, cry. Tears. Step one. Step one, cry. cry. Step two. No, um, I think, cause I have a lot of stuff, a lot of different projects going on. So yeah. I think, um, I'm hopefully gonna be moving soon away from the Twin Cities, and my goal is before I move, I would love to have one play, one screenplay. One one man show and a pilot just all uh written all out right. before, before I move. And what's nice about having the four of them is when I'm writing one and I just feel really stuck. I yes, can go just to a different one. Just, I've done that too, yeah. Just completely jump. So I that's what I use for writing block with like writing. I think I have way more writer's block when it comes to ideas. Cause mm. Oh, yeah, like, once you get an idea, you're good to go, but it's hard to come up with an idea. Yes, because it's so hard because when I come up with an idea, my first instinct is, has this already been done? Or, like, am I, like, Mm, stealing it? Because there's, like, some saying that there are, like, only 37 stories to be told. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, like, the 36 stories I know what you're talking about. Yeah, something like that. And it's, like, I... The thing is with writing, I want to be original and I don't want to steal. And that's kind of like, because I know a lot of like, like projects that are like, oh, that's kind of like so-and-so or kind of like so-and-so. But like, exactly. And the ones that I'm really drawn to are the like super original things. So that's probably where I get most of my writer's block. Yeah. Because that can be really paralyzing that, like that step of like I don't want to whatever whatever the end of that sentence is yeah. and it's really hard you know I, I used to feel past. that way too and then I, I recently rewatched Romeo and Juliet the Baz Luhrmann movie because I just love that mm. movie and I was like that's an incredible movie and that is his that is his movie it's not his script right like it is no. his script but he didn't write that he didn't right. write like Romeo the... and Juliet <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> He didn't? Uh, Well, Shakespeare did that. Oh, (laughs) And I'm just like, you can be, like, you can really put yourself into something that isn't necessarily, like, oh, the biggest original thing. Yeah. But I do know what you mean. Like, especially, I feel like after watching Taika Waititi movies, you're like, that is so I've never seen this before in my life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Yeah. like, I've never seen anything like that before. And it's, like, feels, it's so frustrating to not be able to come up with that idea. That's, like, that's kind of the thing, like, now. I watch all these, like, amazing writers, and I'm like, crap, why didn't I think of that before? Right, like, right. Like, yes, a family right, of, yes. f- rich family of four gets stuck in Bumtown, Canada. Why didn't I think of that? Right. Dang why you, didn't Dan I Levy. think of that? Right. Dang it. <laughs> I will say, though, to your point, Amelia, I had a teacher once who um, said, you can either, like, in today's day and age, it's really hard to do something completely original, maybe impossible. Yeah. Um, but that said, you can either try for original content or original form of old content. And I think that's a really Ooh. lovely yeah. way to think about it. Cause it's like, yeah. well, that way, like if I write, like if I want to take the Romeo and Juliet script, if I want to take the script from something I really love yeah. and just try to represent it, that's like spinning wheels Yeah, exactly. that maybe will like trigger something else or maybe not. Maybe this is the project, but I feel yeah. like that's a... <laughs> Like, a really lovely way to think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Or, original content or original form? Yeah. And because that, his his point was you can't do both in one thing. And I was okay. like, not that I would ever mm-hmm. have any original content. But now what I feel like <laughs> I can do. Not that I would ever is, dare. <laughs> yeah. It just feels yeah. a little freeing to be like, oh, like, yeah. I have a unique perspective on Yeah, this like, script. for example, like, Jojo Rabbit is such an original content. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not an original form. It's a movie. Right. Like, and it's so pretty, like, standard. Yeah. Like, the way it's told. Cinematography, like, like yeah. Yeah, like, like, there's not, there, he's not really doing anything for, but, like, Roma and Juliet, for example. Why Content couldn't <laughs> be less original. Right. Um, form off what the charts the original. Yeah. Um, for yeah. sure. Just go for one, not both. <laughs> go for, yeah, if you go for both, you will lose audiences, as I think was his point. <laughs> but. Interesting. <laughs> go for both, you lose audiences. Huh. Because it's like, yeah. there's too much new. <laughs> I need yeah. something to ground myself and latch on yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. For sure. But it's like, all those original things that like, really inspire me. And I'm like, oh, they're also good in like, all art forms. Like, for musicals. Mm-hmm. I love musicals. And like, Next to Normal, I think is super oh amazing and original and groundbreaking. And I'm like, how, how? How did you How did you think do this? That? Also, how long did it take you to write this? Because it is so long and so well thought out, and the it's, music is so beautiful. It's magnificent. Oh my I god! Know. Oh my god! That... I love next. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Musical theater doesn't hit like it used to in like 2015. I agree. Oh, not yeah. it. No, it doesn't hit anymore. Like it. Like next to normal. I just like next will Heather's, never think anything lives up to like, next to normal. <laughs> newsy, like that. That like 2000 Spring Awakening 2005 mm-hmm. to 2015 oh was God. like prime oh. musical theater. Maybe it that's really just because that's when we were. In... It was well, so good. I think it was Hamilton that like killed Ham- it because and then Hamilton like ended <laughs> Hamilton it, ended, ended the it. era, and then and they were like everyone else was like I got nothing like <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though I do love listening to Dear Evan Hansen because I love Ben Platt I do enjoy yes, his performance yes. and all that but yeah I'm not saying yeah. musicals now are bad but there was something about that like oh the 2000 2010s that really just did and it and they were just yeah. so original too like yeah. Book of Mormon, like, who would have thought? Who would have thought yeah. that would make a good right musical? Yeah. Or obviously Hamilton. There's that. Or yeah, yeah. And now, it, yeah, but not original. <laughs> like, like, yeah. A lot of movies being adapted to musicals. Yes. Lots of revivals, which isn't a bad thing, but you know, lots well, of some revivals. Of, some of them can be really great, like you said, Heather's. Yeah. I love Heather's. Great, I loved Heather's. That, I think, is something that, like, I can watch the movie and I can watch the musical and love both. Separately. Yeah, where, unlike, for example, the Percy Jackson stuff where I'm like, oh, I love the the book, and then I watch the movies and I'm like, I can't separate the two. And I want to throw my television out the (laughs) window. They're doing a television series. Did you know this? On Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that... We'll We'll see. see But I will say that Logan Lerman tweeted uh, when, like, Rick Riordan was like, we're doing this, yay. Logan Lerman, who played Percy, was like, can't wait for these stories to get, like, the love they deserve or something. (laughs) <laughs> it's like he 
yes, Logan Lennon. So he's like, second time's the like, charm. Those like... were terrible films. What you're saying is they knew. They knew. He definitely they knew. knew. He's a great actor. Like, I don't know if he you've is. seen yeah. any Perks of the of other stuff he's First of being a wallflower is amazing. Like, There's another movie on Amazon Prime I just recently watched where he, like, plays, like, this writer, Sydney something. Huh. Super worth the watch. Shout out to Logan Lerman. She's also a He... I always confuse him and Dylan O'Brien. All honestly, that's okay. But it's like just like general Burnett White. Dylan O'Brien. It's like to a point. He was in Teen Wolf. Oh yes. Oh, interesting. They do look similar. And Maze Runner, and they both headed. They both headed their own franchises. Just one of them finished. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Shout out to like uh, like. Post-apocalyptic teen leading man. Um, well done. <laughs> we you love had, You had your day in the sun, and you really, you really see. <laughs> and it. it's sad. The sun has set. The sun has set. Um, <laughs> and that is okay. But that's okay yeah. because you're both well into your thirties now. <laughs> so that's probably. For the best. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Okay. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> on that yeah. note, and for bit, on that note of Dylan O'Brien kind of looking like Logan Lerman, a good night. Good night. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so me. much. Yes, of course. Yeah, thank you for thank you. sharing your work and talking about your yeah. processes. Yeah, um, is there anyone you'd like to shout out or any projects you're working on? Um, If anyone wants to fly to Minnesota this summer, I'm going to live my lifelong dream of being a newsie. So yes. that's Yeah, I'm playing Romeo in an outdoors that's production. That's huge. That's so fun. And that'll be... I'm super looking forward to that. I don't know if I'm still in this because COVID, but I was in rehearsals for producers as Carmen Gia. And, like, they said, like... We'll see what la- happens. They said last year, to the year, like, we'll restart in February. Like, don't worry. You're all, like, cast. We'll be fine. And it's, like, April. <laughs> and I'm, like... You're like, I, so I, about this. <laughs> yeah. So I might be in that, but I'm definitely gonna be dancing on some newspapers this summer. That's huge. That's so fun. We have I a lot of wait. Midwestern listeners, so definitely so drop the details. They'll make their way. Yes. We'll drop the details for that on our Instagram post. Um Amazing. anything else? Um hopefully I finish those projects that I wanted to before. Yeah, I do. yes. Keep an eye and an ear out for Rapture. Coming to a screen near you someday. 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 Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in for yet another episode of Writer's Block Party. Have a great Friday. Bye. Bye bye. Writer's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Productions. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Dennis Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keen. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks and have a great week.